You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast. Good morning and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 401. Yesterday was a huge, huge episode. As always, thank you guys for joining us for the 400th episode of yesterday's show. means the world to Cameron and myself. But as always, we got a big show for you in store here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast, your daily bite-sized podcast, giving you the best coverage of all things orange and blue related. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst covering the Denver Broncos and the rest of the National Football League, as well as a columnist for the fan-sided networks, predominantlyorange.com. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. And today I'm joined by my co-host, Cameron Parker. Cam, how's it going, buddy? It's going great, man. Uh, we're we're getting all geared up for our Wednesday morning drive. I got my cup of uh, of coffee, and uh, I went through the uh, the the Starbucks. It's an inside joke between James Gomez and Ryan Edwards and I, but I went all the way down to Fort Collins for my Starbucks. But uh, I'm kidding. It's just an inside joke. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to this day, man. I am hyped and and talking about the the Denver Broncos and some potential news ahead of us uh, maybe some roster re-signing what have you Cody is that right yeah we have a big show in store for you guys today segment number one we're going to go through the Broncos in the NFL daily rundown talk about some news about a guy that the Broncos are trying to re-sign that goes on the offensive line I know don't get your hopes up they're trying to get Matt Paradis but this is another guy they're trying to resign we'll talk about that segment number one segment number two Emmanuel Sanders, the, the question was posed on the social media realm. Would Emmanuel Sanders be willing to restructure his contract? No way, Jose. We talk about Emmanuel Sanders and what that move looks like for the Broncos. And should we really look too much into him saying, no, he would not restructure his contract if asked? I don't think it's a big deal that some people are making out of it. We're going to talk about that segment number two and segment number three. We're going to take a look at some potential free agent targets for the Broncos this year as the free agency period kicks off on March 13th. Who can step up? Who can the Broncos add? Do they want to add in the draft? They can obviously add depth there, but also there are some very viable free agent options out there. We talk about that in our final segment of tonight's show. So Cam, before we get into our daily rundown, I took to the Twitter sphere today and I asked Broncos Country a question about the tight end position based on our episode that we had talked about yesterday. We talked about tight ends. The question of the day was, which free agent at the tight end position would you be intrigued with if they signed with the Broncos? Obviously, we had Charles Clay on there, Jared Cook, could an older veteran provide them with the role that Owen Daniels did back in 2015? The interesting note here, as soon as that episode aired, Charles Clay had agreed to a contract with the Arizona Cardinals. So there goes one option from the free agent market for the Broncos. But Jared Cook is still a guy that is available. Broncos country responded to it, and we're going to get some insight from them real quick. Tylen Lampkin, my man, always listens to the show. Max Williams, he lists him there. And then we got the pulling guard, Stripe Sife. He says, I'd bring in a vet if Jeff Hireman can't stay healthy, but that's another position that needs to be hit on one of these days. Derek Johnson says, I think there's some viable options in the draft. It's a deep class. We talk about Noah Font. We talk about TJ Hawkinson. I know, Cam, you're very high on those guys. Those guys are certainly some options in the draft. Uh, Alex Leak says, Jared Cook still has it. 
coming off the best year of his career statistically. And he did that in Oakland where their offense absolutely struggled. Jared Cook could be that guy to provide the Broncos with a spark. And then Ricky Parker said they had a solid tight end in A.J. Derby. They chose to cut him. Still one of the moves I look back and I think now, dang, you know, A.J. Derby was a pretty good fit for the Broncos. Unfortunately, they caught him. He went and signed to Miami. Taylor Koth, NFL, says, I'd love to see Elway bring in Jared Cook. Duke could still make plays. Could serve as a great mentor to our young tight ends. This year's draft is a very good tight end class, but Cook is the win-now move that might also help us win from now on. Broncos country, thank you for interacting with the story of the day. So, moving on to our Broncos NFL Daily Rundown. The Broncos, they are working on re-signing offensive lineman Billy Turner. They want to do it before he can hit the open market. He'll generate interest around the National Football League. This is according to Nine News' Mike Kliss. And that the Broncos are also scheduled to have a meeting with Matt Paradis during the NFL Combine. So some potential traction to keep the Broncos offensive line intact to bring in some strong pieces. Furthermore, Cam, what are your quick thoughts on these? The interesting thing for me that I I think is so fascinating is that any chance you have the opportunity to re-sign your in-house free agents, it's a plus. And also you have to factor in, especially when it comes at the price of an offensive line and having it be with the opportunity to be coached up by Mike Munchak. So we, we necessarily have not seen an offensive line gel to a certain extent for a long period of time. And the opportunity will be there for Mike Munchak. So having this opportunity to bring Billy Turner back and have him grow potentially with Mike Munchak and and him potentially be that guard spot. Because if and you and I talked about it, him being there and solidifying that guard spot is something that I, I think is, is something that Bronco fans absolutely have to get on board with. So yes, I, I absolutely think it's a plus. It is, and especially if Ron Leary can't come back right away from his injury. He proved that he could be a guy that can step in and provide some value, some impact with them. Teaming up with Coach Munchak is going to be a big, big thing for the Broncos. If they can re-sign Billy Turner, who his agility, versatility, be able to play guard and tackle, that is very special for the team going forward. They need that. And hopefully they can get Matt Paradis to agree to a deal before free agency even begins. But the belief is that he will test the open market. In other related NFL news, we talked about a little bit earlier, the Arizona Cardinals, they signed Charles Clay to a contract that which becomes official March 13th, the same day that the Joe Flacco trade becomes official. That takes Charles Clay off the market as a free agent target that the Broncos could possibly take a look at. So, like I said, I think the fans said it best. Maybe taking a look at a guy like Jared Cook, who proved that he could still play at the age of 32 and put up the level of production that he did in Oakland, potentially with a better offensive scheme. If it all pans out right now on paper, it looks good. But Joe Flacco, to reliable tight ends, that is something that the Broncos absolutely need. And in other related NFL news, probably the story of the offseason so far, far is that the Steelers and Antonio Brown, their dilemma had heated up. It continued. But today we got a little bit more clarity as Antonio Brown met with Steelers president Art Rooney II, and they both came to an agreement that it's time that they all go their separate ways. So Antonio Brown will be traded by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Do the Broncos hop on board with this? I absolutely do not believe that they will. I don't think they'll consider it. He would cost too much money. It wouldn't be a viable option for the Broncos. Emmanuel Sanders will be returning to the Broncos this season. There is talk that they could also possibly extend him. We could see Emmanuel Sanders retire as a Denver Bronco, which I think is what he wants. But right now, Emmanuel Sanders, with all the moves 
moves that have been happening with the Broncos. He's looking at the moves that have happened with Brandon Marshall, so on and so forth. And he's thinking, what's next? Am I the next guy? Out the door. That would be a surprise to me if Emmanuel Sanders and the Broncos part ways. You know, taking a look at that, we're going to get into talking about Emmanuel Sanders coming up in here in segment number two. But, you know, Cam, quick thoughts on this. Charles Clay off the market. We talked about Jared Cook a little bit. And finally, I think we're, I'm excited that this Brown, Antonio Brown and Steelers thing is about to be over. We can actually get to more related NFL news all across the national market. I think for me, the the fascinating thing is, at least with the tight end market, is going to be either how slow will it be or how quickly there could be potential signings. Obviously, Charles Clay was was pretty quick. So Arizona had their sights on Charles Clay the minute he was released by the Buffalo Bills. Is that a sign that the tight end market could be pretty quick and maybe that there will be a flurry of tight end signings. I don't know, or, or it's a trigger that maybe there are some executives out there that feel that the tight end position in the NFL draft, maybe not as deep as some are, are making it out to be. So I think it's going to be quite fascinating on the Broncos front. If they go and they attack free agency or will they attack a guy in the early part of the rounds or, or even into the mid to late for rounds for the NFL draft, because it is quite loaded. I mean, I, I can dream all I want that I want TJ Hawkinson or Noah Fant, but it's just not going to happen really in, in a realistic world unless best player available becomes an option, which I mean, yeah, I think it's on the table now. And as far as Antonio Brown, his antics recently, honestly, is, is it, it's kind of turned me off a little bit on Antonio Brown. I mean, yes, I mean, it seems like he and Ben Roethlisberger don't see to eye to eye. But then again, why did it take so long for, for him to see the same thing that Emmanuel Sanders has seen, uh, saw four years with Pittsburgh? I mean, you know, we, we saw Emmanuel Sanders come out on, on NFL Network and, and say or resurface the comments that he made as far as why he signed with the Denver Broncos when Peyton Manning was here that, and we, when that sort of came to light. So I, I think that for, and obviously success will do that to you really, but why has it now taken Antonio Brown this long for him to realize maybe the person that Ben Roethlisberger is and maybe now turn, maybe turn a 180 on the, on the character certainly of Antonio Brown, because I'm not liking what I'm saying, to be honest with you. No, it's really turned a lot of NFL teams off from the idea of signing him. He did an Instagram video saying that if any team is interested in him, they better come with a lot of money. I'm sorry, right there. I mean, if you're an agent, it's you use that you use that as a, as a ploy. But overall, not a very good look for Antonio Brown. I think a lot of NFL teams and a lot of people I've talked to in the NFL market, the idea of Antonio Brown, great talent, but a headache to deal with. They don't want to deal with that whole entire mess, and I don't blame them. So coming up here in segment number two, we're going to talk about. Emmanuel Sanders. He's entering the final year of his contract with the Broncos and he was asked, or the the question was asked whether or not he should restructure and he answered that very gleamingly. As always, 104.3 The Fan tends to stir some things up with Emmanuel Sanders. I know there's a history there between D-Mac and Emmanuel Sanders. D-Mac calling a lot of Broncos players out, uh, you know, all across the media realm there. You know, that it's just a, that's a different story for a different day. But uh, today, over at the 104.3 Twitter handle, they posed the question, should Emmanuel Sanders consider restructuring his contract if asked by the Broncos? It didn't take long for number 10 to answer that tweet with a tweet of his own saying, no way, 
Jose. And I don't blame him, and I'm going to get into that in just a second, but let's take a look at Emmanuel Sanders' contract. In 2016, he signed a three-year, $33 million contract for the Broncos. In 2019, he is entering the final year of his contract. Now, if the Broncos had decided to cut Emmanuel Sanders now, it would account for nearly a $12.9 million cap hit, which would also result in a $2.6 million hit and the dead cap as well for the salary. That is not a financially lucrative move that the Broncos want to make. And now if the Broncos wanted to part ways with Emmanuel Sanders, the best scenario would be the trade market. And there's been rumors, there's been talk about the 49ers being a possible team. This could be something we see on draft day. If the Broncos are real desperate to move up, they'd have to give up a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. But I wouldn't be surprised if Emmanuel Sanders finishes his career in Denver, retires, and eventually makes a phenomenal impact down the road, does something. He's going to be a great NFL analyst one day. Absolutely love the work he does when he goes on the NFL Network. But let's talk about this real quick, Cameron. Why should Emmanuel Sanders restructure his contract? Entering the final year, he's going to make a lot of money. And this is money I think he has earned. His production, you go back last year, you look at any other Broncos receiver, outside of Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders was the number one go-to. When he went down, it was evident that the Broncos offense took a major blow. And with with getting a new quarterback and trading for Joe Flacco, this move tells me that the Broncos, they should offer Emmanuel Sanders an extension. And, And with that, they can also formulate that contract to be a little bit more financially friendly overall in terms of guaranteed money, money up front, so on and so forth. But the Broncos, in my opinion, have to keep Emmanuel Sanders around. You have to give Joe Flacco a guy, a major guy, and you can let these young guys develop behind Emmanuel Sanders. They all came out, they said it. Emmanuel Sanders was critical for Deshaun Hamilton, River Craycraft, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, because he mentored them and coached them up alongside Coach Azani. Those two guys, Coach Azani and Emmanuel Sanders, have a tremendous relationship. Emmanuel Sanders is much, much needed to finish out his career as a Denver Bronco. 100%. And I, I think that with, with, with Emmanuel Sanders, it goes back to 100% what you just said. The quarterback position, it's uh, when they when they brought in Joe Flacco, they absolutely have to consider bringing him in and or keeping him long term. And that as, that absolutely has to be on the table. And I think that having that type of guy, you need that. And the only way that it on, it honestly triggers Emmanuel Sanders not being on the roster is if the Broncos are looking elsewhere in the wide receiver market on in free agency. I know that Troy Rank tweeted out a few days ago that the Broncos may be interested in Golden Tate. If they are interested in Golden Tate, then we may end up seeing Emmanuel Sanders on a different roster because Golden Tate's going to cost a pretty penny to bring him in here. And you do not want two wide receivers again that are going to cost a pretty penny, especially with the the contract you're going to be getting with with Joe Flacco now. So I mean, it's just one. It's just that business side of things. But you absolutely need a a Emmanuel Sanders type of guy on your offense, especially with Joe Flacco, who absolutely loves the deep ball. With and and so Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders will benefit now with Joe Flacco. I'm eager to hear Broncos country's thoughts on this. Broncos country, that will be our locked on Broncos. Poll of the day today. Head over to Cody Work NFL on Twitter and engage in the discussion because it's important. Should the Broncos extend Emmanuel Sanders or should they look for a way to trade him? That will be the question over there on Twitter. Personally, you know my answer. You got to extend Emmanuel Sanders. He's a very, very big part of this team. He's a playmaker. He forces defenses to not play simple. I mean, you look at when he was out. 
teams would play too high safety. They'd roll over the top. They'd have double coverage pretty much. They'd have quarters coverage, cover two underneath against Cortland Sutton, and they'd play man on the backside. They played basic defense against the Broncos offense. They got to have the ability to force defenses to be extra intricate in how they game plan for the Broncos and the offense for Phillip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, the running game, the tight end game. If the Broncos can add some depth there, if Jake Butt and Jeff Hireman can stay healthy, if Jeff Hireman's even around, but if the Broncos can make a move and get some playmakers at tight end, this Broncos team can be very, very dangerous in 2019. I absolutely believe that with the quarterback play, having an upgraded quarterback is absolutely critical. And Emmanuel Sanders, having a quarterback like Joe Flacco, I mean, to be honest with you, that whole entire move says, look, we got to keep Emmanuel Sanders because we like our young guys. We believe in our young guys, but they are not yet ready to be the premier face of the franchise at the skill position at wide receiver. The, right now, the Broncos backup wide receivers, the Cortland Suttons, the Deshaun Hamiltons, those guys are all role players, and Emmanuel Sanders in that receiving court is the star player. He has to get touches. You have to get him the ball. He is a matchup nightmare for cornerbacks, for safeties, and he's a guy that can absolutely stretch an entire defense. And having a quarterback that's an upgrade like Joe Flacco can get him the football. So coming up here in segment number three, we're going to get into some potential free agent targets at the cornerback position. The Broncos are in dire need for some backup depth outside of Chris Harris Jr. If they keep Bradley Roby, they still need somebody else to help alongside young guy like Isaac Yadam going forward. Could the Broncos go draft for a cornerback? That's possible, but do they have to go there in the first couple of rounds if they add a free agent target. We're going to take a look at some of those targets coming up in segment number three. But I got to remind you guys, check out Adam Adas and Locked On Nuggets. We talked about it. They did a live show over the All-Star break. But now they're gearing up for a big, big matchup against the Dallas Mavericks on the road this Friday. And Adam Adas and Locked On Nuggets has you covered. Cornerback is arguably the biggest position area of need for the Broncos at this point. They addressed quarterback, which was, I think, priority number one. Now they have to figure out who they can bring in, whether it's free agency or the draft, to be the next premier cornerback for them or a guy that can contribute. I mean, we're talking about win now with the Broncos. What guy in free agency can be a potential guy that helps the Broncos win now? We're going to take a couple look at several options here. Now, several options at the top of my head that I wrote down on this list. You have several Houston Texans. Kareem Jackson, for example, is one guy. He's very, very impressive. I loved what I seen from him. He gave the Broncos some fits, a surefire tackler, but you also have former Bronco favorite. Kayvon Webster, who will become a free agent. Now, for Webster, it was a rough series for him, a rough go. Coming off Achilles' surgery that he had when he was with the LA Rams, they released him. He signed with Houston. It took him a little bit. He came back, got some playing time, and still got banged up a little bit, got placed back on injured reserve. So I think maybe coming back before he was absolutely ready to play could have been a big factor for him. But there's also, in division, you can take a look at a guy that played for the Chargers and Jason Verrett. He could be an interesting prospect if the Chargers do not keep him. I know there was a lot of promise with him, a lot of potential, but the biggest thing is, I don't think the Chargers will let him get away. If we take a look at the New York side of things, there is Morris Claiborne. He's a potential option if the Broncos decide to go free agency route for cornerback. Buster Scrine, another New York Jet, a guy that I think can contribute in a right defensive system under Coach Fangio. Ed Donatello has been very great at developing very solid 
defensive backs. And also, there's a guy that may have been linked a little bit earlier to the AFC West, a former Washington Redskin. He's he was with the Packers this year. He spent a little bit of time down there during training camp with the Chiefs. Bashad Breeland could be another guy that the Broncos could potentially look at. He could be a guy that could come in and contribute. But I think that's almost as a risky move as it was bringing in Sua Cravens. Cam, out of some of these prospects, you know, what are you feeling the most that if the Broncos were to look free agency, who do you think they should go with? I think the interesting thing for me would be what age disparity should they go with? I mean, do we want to go with age? Do we want to go with youth? If they want to go with youth, well, you already have one on the roster, theoretically, that has yet to hit the open market, that if you want to re-sign him or try and bring back, then you may as well just want to bring back Bradley Roby. But if they want to have some youth and they want to look at some guys, I mean, you know, lo- looking at this list, I mean, obviously, a lot of Bronco fans want to clamor for reunions. And hey, I love reunions, but... Kayvon Webster, I don't think is going to happen, but there, there's some, there are some players. I mean, Darquez Denard is, is certainly another one. You mentioned Buster Scrime, Morris Claiborne, Kareem Jackson, Jason McCourty, which is an interesting, or uh, which is an interesting one. He's 32 years old. He played with New England. Pierre Desir from the Indianapolis Colts, Orlando Scandrick, uh, Corey Sensabaugh, Ronald Darby, I think is the interesting one, just being the fact that he's 25 years old and being hit on the market. And we saw certainly what he was capable of last year with the, with the Philadelphia Eagles. So there's a lot of mixture of youth and veteran talent on that cornerback pool. Yeah, there certainly is. In Broncos country, we would like to hear from you. Do you want the Broncos to go with cornerback via NFL free agency, which comes up here in the next month? Or do you want them to take a look at some cornerback prospects like Greedy Williams? You have multiple mock drafts having the Broncos choosing Greedy Williams. You have them looking at maybe a cornerback in the second round, potentially a DeAndre Baker type guy. There are some underrated gems that could go in the third round, some other cornerbacks that aren't really being talked about. What are your thoughts on the Broncos position at cornerback? It is an absolute need. Chris Harris Jr. inside the slot. He's got to be that guy that takes away the slot presence. He's been very effective at that. There's no point in moving him outside and then struggling on the inside at slot, which is the harder position at the wide receiver position. When you're playing defensive back, it's so difficult to cover those speedy slot receivers. We saw how important it was in the NFL playoffs. If 2018 taught us anything, it's that you have to have a slot cornerback that can lock down a target like Julian Edelman or a guy like Tyreek Hill or a guy like Cooper Cup that when when he gets healthy for the Rams. You have to have that dynamic in today's game, the way the offenses are created to try to get those small guys on third down, especially making their hay, the Cole Beasley's of the world. You see that all the time. And Julian Edelman, I mean, from the slot, Super Bowl MVP, 11 catches, 140 yards. The Broncos have to find a way to counteract that. And the best way to do that, keep Chris Harris in the slot. And then you can focus your efforts on outside players. If you decide to part ways with Bradley Roby, who can you bring in? If they decide to do that, they almost evidently have to draft another cornerback to provide the depth for the team, for the Broncos going forward. And that's going to be a huge topic of discussion for us over here at the Locked On Broncos podcast. I want to thank all fans once again for tuning in to another jam-packed, amazing episode. As always, thank you, Broncos country, for all your support. Thank you for the reviews on iTunes, and thank you for continuing to share the show. Anytime we post a new episode, it would mean the world to us if you decided to share, to retweet, to continue to engage in the discussion on every social media platform. we got some awesome things coming up. Fan Friday coming up this Friday. we got some cool stuff. Periscope live 
on Thursday over here at the Lockdown Broncos Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow for another episode of the show. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, speaking for Cameron Parker. We'll see you then.